This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you. Going to do a little debrief of the race weekend at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. And we're also going to get you squared away for the upcoming race weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Plus, we'll be having a special guest. He'll join us. In just a few moments, thoughts on returning to the Auto Club Speedway. Well, first of all, it was a great weekend, great weather out there. And it looked like that we had a great crowd, a lot of camping, a lot of folks on the property. You know, one of the things I thought about was, is that a byproduct of the Los Angeles Coliseum? That race was three weeks prior. Perhaps maybe some folks coming over from there, going over to the Inland Empire. Doesn't matter where they came from, they returned. That was our first trip to Auto Club in two years. 728 days between races. And, of course, that race had a little bit of everything. It was the new race car. It was the, the Kyle Larson versus Chase Elliott, which which that has evolved into something this week, which we'll talk more about here in a moment. want to talk about the great racing. Brand new race car. We'll start with Cup first in the Wise Power 400. Um, I thought the car put on a great show. I thought, I thought it was very entertaining to watch. It gave us, in my opinion, some drivers up front this past weekend. We haven't really talked about being up front in a prolonged period of time. Three drivers caught my eye in the Wise Power 400. First of all, how about that battle that we had there late in the going between Tyler Reddick and Eric Jones? Good to see Richard Childress racing up there. 
Good to see Eric Jones up there. Eric Jones, I thought was great. He mentioned after the race, he says, boys, you keep bringing cars like that. We're going to win races. And he said he came off of the lift gate in, in practice on Friday strong. They didn't really have to make many adjustments to the cars. There were so many things in play this weekend that, that could have sent the competition one way or the other. Let me just pause here. Let me back up to the practice and qualifying element. A lot of you heard it here on MRN.com and on MRN. Um, I, I thought that the teams are going to take a little while to get adjusted to that. But, hey, at least they got a 15-minute shakedown. Part of that was affected by some spins. I was surprised with the number of spins. I think that's a testament to uh, this new race car and, and how this new race car is being dialed in and being learned. A total of 10 drivers spun either in practice or qualifying before the race on Sunday. Uh, Eric Jones was lamenting the fact that he was in Group B. And in case you missed it, what they do is the performance metric that we used to set the field from last year, we're using that to set the qualifying order and we're breaking the cup field up into two groups, Group A, Group B. Well, he was in Group B. So Group A got their 15 minutes to go practice. Then Group B went out for their 15 minutes of practice. Then everybody got set up for qualifying. Group A cars went out. Then Group B cars went out. Top five from Group A, Group B, put together in a group of 10. Fastest of those did a single car run, and the fastest of, of those started on the pole. Well, Eric said he was start, started in Group B, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking at all these guys slipping and sliding out there and spinning out, and it's like, oh, wonderful. Oh, that's something I've got to look forward to, but he made the most of it, and so did so did Tyler Reddick. It's good to see those guys have great runs over the weekend. Obviously, Tyler had a tire challenge, but Eric brought the Kings number 43 home in position number three. I thought that was fantastic. Also, there's a sleeper out there amongst us that no one's talking a lot about this week. And that's Eric Almarola and what he's doing for Stuart Haas Racing. He is the only cup driver to have two top 10 finishes in the first two races of the year. That's Smithfield Ford doing pretty good. Stuart Haas Racing, as far as Eric Almarola is concerned, doing pretty good. You could also say the same thing about Kevin Harvick. Uh, they had some challenges. Kevin, Kevin wrecked the car. They did not go to a backup. They fixed it. And late in the going, here comes Kevin again. He was able to finish in the top 10. So I tip my cap to, to those teams there. Step over into the NASCAR Xfinity Series side. What can you say about Cole Custer? Man, that was shades of years ago when he ran in the Xfinity Series, and he was having the successes there, obviously, with, with Stuart Haas Racing. He comes into Bobby Dodder's car in the 07 car, takes it to victory lane. That was Bobby Dodder's first win ever in the series, and Bobby's been around for years and years and years. That was spectacular. Trevor Bain. Back after not running an Xfinity Series car for six years, you've been out of the Cup Series for four, and he comes back in his first of seven races for JGR. Brings it home inside of the top five. Way to go, Trevor. Fantastic run. And how about Noah Gregson? Off to a good start. We're going into his home territory this weekend in Las Vegas, but he started at Daytona with a third. He backed it up with a second at Fontana, and I think that Joe Gibbs, I thought that Junior Motorsports had a great Xfinity Series day over the weekend, especially with Noah at the controls bringing home that car in the form and fashion that they did. Here's a little behind the scenes for you. You may have heard this teased over the weekend on some of the broadcasts, but NASCAR in the Xfinity Series is considering Fontana and Las Vegas to be a doubleheader. That helps with car inventory. That helps with inspections, things of that nature. NASCAR working with the teams getting from Fontana to Las Vegas, which they'll do this weekend. So there's a lot of great things to talk about coming out of Fontana. A lot of good runs right there. 
Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. That segues us in to, speaking of good things, it's always a good thing when we hear from this guy, from a good friend, personally and professionally, good friend of us here at the network. When we think Las Vegas, we think Brendan gone. And who better to join us right now on the Zoom hotline than old Uncle Brenny. Brendan gone. Welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How are you, my friend? Any day I get to talk to my good buddy, Mike Bagley, is a better day for me. Well, we're starting off on the right foot anyway. Uh, glad you're here and uh, glad I'm able to chat with you. What have you been up to? What's going on on out in Vegas right now? You know, it, it, it's a busy week, as you, as you well know. Uh, this is the cup race weekend, of course. Triple header. Actually, quadruple header, if you want the truth. They've got an ARCA race. Uh, then they've got the truck race. Then they've got the Xfinity and Cup. So we have – Baggy, it's really cool. I looked just this week. 54 race teams stay at the South Point. I mean – I, I it, all the work we've done for the last three decades, you know, all the effort we put into making sure that fans and teams knew that we are where the racers stay that, and, and all the way from the, from the Bill McAnise and the West teams to the, to the, the Penske group, the Childress group, the Gibbs group, they all come stay with us. And if my dad, I tell you what, the happiest guy is when you see my dad, everybody wants to come in and, you know, kiss the ring and been all that. I'm like, screw him. But he, uh, you know, it, it, he loves seeing it. He loves walking out there and, all the crew members that he has no, you know, he doesn't know them, but they're like, hi, Mr. Gone. And he's like, hi boys. You know, he walks around like, you know, he's, he's all, he's, he's, you know, he's the captain this week. He loves it. And Michael gone obviously is the owner of the South point, the South point, obviously the gone family. Well, he's heavily invested. But listen, I, I mean, semantics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Well, he's the man. I mean, he calls the shots. South point's a great place. Uh, South point. We stay there as well. And uh, you always know how to treat us when we come through the door. It's a fun place to stay, but it's amazing how we always hear about teams. Well, we're going to use Brendan Gaughan's parking lot out there to work on our race cars. We're also going to stay there as well. It seems to be a multi-purpose destination, the South Point is. Yeah, so right now, of course, you have that lot. We call it the Silverado lot, the one that's across the street from the hotel. That's where the hauler parade starts. That's where right now, I think I looked yesterday, I think there was 22 teams working out of the back of their hauler. Um the Childress group is working in barn B. Of course, the Childresses, they get a little extra special treatment. You know, I mean, it's RCR. So it's our, my guy, Richard. So they get the barn to work in. Um, colleague racing is at my chemical company right now, uh, working on their race car and wrapping a rate, wrapping the South point car. Cause Hemrick, Daniel Heinelick is driving the South point cars this weekend. So, uh, they're wrapping that at my, at my justice brothers, chemical company. I got, uh, uh, who the hell was over at the distillery? Yes. We had a team at the distillery yesterday. We using that for, you know, everybody just looking for covered space. And I'm like, yeah, come on. I had a couple teams that I sent to the off-road shop Collins motorsports. You know, everybody's just, <laughs> we got to take care of everywhere, man. They're, they're scattered. There's a vibe in Las Vegas when NASCAR comes to town that a lot of people don't know about. Cause when they think about Las Vegas, they think about fights. They think about gambling and gaming but when NASCAR comes to town, it's almost like our home in the West, is it not? Well, it, it's, it's centrally located on the West Coast swing, right? I mean, you got California, Phoenix, and Vegas dead center. 
But then I, I, what we like to take some credit for this, maybe a little bit, you know, baggy is that we've done such a job over the last couple decades of, you know, becoming synonymous with NASCAR that the teams want to come stay at the South point. The guys want to be there. You know, look, you got, you got good food at the right price. You know, you're going to get that when you walk into the South point and all the guys want to, you know, they love the food. They love that. It's, it's the right price for these guys. If they're going to gamble, you got a fighting chance. You know, it's not like going to stay at the frick at the fricking you know, Cosmo where, you know, it's two to one blackjack and every machine holds 25%. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about, a, you know, a place that knows how to treat people and the racers come in, they know what they get. They're going to see me walk around. They'll see my dad. They'll see other teams. You know, they, it, it is kind of their home away from home, but the whole town got to remember the two oldest sports to come to Vegas. If you're going back in history of, of Las Vegas and, you know, now of course it's a professional sports Mecca, right? We got, we got NHL, we got NFL, you know, we got all this stuff, but the two first sports to, to ever be in Vegas were boxing and racing, you know, go back to the eighties with the formula one races and, uh, you know, and the U S grand prix and all that stuff, racing and boxing were the first two professional sports to come to Vegas. Well, since you opened the door, all right, let's go, let's talk old Vegas, right? I have always been fascinated by old Las Vegas. Your family is obviously entrenched in the Vegas life out there. What was it like growing up in those quote unquote older, I'm not trying to age you, but I'm curious about the quote unquote older Vegas days. What was it like growing up in that? Well, you got to remember for me, it was just, it was leave it to Beaver. It was just, you know, it was your town. It was, it was, you know, Dover, Delaware. It was, you know, Mooresville, North Carolina. To me, it was just home, right? When you, when, when it's home, that's all it is to you. You don't know anything different. So for me, you know, the, the fact that, that you go to dinner and, and you, you, you know, my grandfather, of course, was an amazing, amazing human being, but you go to dinner and, and, you know, grandpa's we're out to dinner with grandpa and, and I'm six years old with, with Mo Sedway or Gus Greenbaum. And, you know, it's just Mo and Gus. It's, it wasn't anything to us. It just was, you know, what Vegas was. And my dad, my dad really knows it more. You know, I have it firsthand for my grandfather and my father, but I didn't get to see it. You know, I missed that era by, by half a generation. So, but it, you know, it is very cool. I mean, a lot of those guys are, are going by the wayside. My grandfather was the last of that era. Honestly, uh, most, all those guys are really now gone, but uh, it, it was just, to me, it was normal. You know, to me, Stu Unger coming over for dinner was just Stewie Unger coming over for dinner. I didn't realize that he was coming to get money from dad to get back in a game. And he was coming off of, off of a, a, you know, two month bender, you know, just hey Stewie's for dinner and dad and him would walk away and he'd leave and you'd see him six months later when he was, you know, broke again. So it just was fun to me. It was just, that was normal. Is the way Vegas is portrayed in the movies and on TV. Is that fair? Is it an actual representation? Well, which movies are you talking about? I mean, are we going casino or are we going? I'm old school, man. I love the casino, man. Okay. So, <laughs> Casino is a fun movie to watch with my mom and dad. Um, all those people in the movie Casino, we we knew were, were either friends with or not friends with, but knew. Um, and and as most things, you know, I mean, it, it's it has to be you know movieified. Vegas was pretty impressive. I mean, it didn't need much movie, but but the main thing I always tell everybody is what people don't realize is that who writes history, right? The winner. So the movie Casino was written by a man named Lefty Rosenthal the Frank Rothstein or Ace Rothstein in the movie. Um, the, the guy who wrote it was that guy lefty was nowhere near what they make him out to in the movie, but he wrote the book. So if I'm writing the book about myself, 
I'm better than Jimmy Johnson, right? I, you know, hey, I, he may have seven championships, but Jimmy can't hold my jock. I mean, that, that's how you write it. Well, he's the last guy standing, so he wrote the book. But he was, but you know, we watch it and go, you know, kind of chuckle about things. Um, and and we know the truth behind a lot of the the, the hidden mysteries in that. Um, what's really fun about it is my father-in-law was a Metro cop, a vice cop for 39 years in Las Vegas, starting in 1973. He knows one side of a story. We know the other side of the story. And when I got married, my dad and him used to sit down and, and we'd go to Thanksgiving in Mexico together and, and they'd be sitting there and they'd start telling stories about the plane that ran out of gas on the Las Vegas country club. And we're laughing about it. And he goes, and Jim knows part of the story that we don't know. And we know part of the story that Jim doesn't know. So it was fun watching them sit down with each other and tell these old stories and go, Oh, I didn't know that. And he's like, we didn't know that. You know, it, it was, it's, it was very, very amusing watching them get together. Always been intrigued by the Las Vegas lifestyle and, and just the way matters are tended to. We're going to be tending to matters this weekend, obviously at Las Vegas motor Speedway. I want to pick your brain on a couple things, two races in to the new race car. What do you think so far? I got to tell you, call it three. Let's call it three bags. I mean, come on, Let, let's give the Coliseum. Let's give the, even though it wasn't a points race, let's give the Coliseum a, it was better than a, 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 Bush clash at Daytona. And I don't mean better. I just mean it's another data point that's different. Um, I got to tell you, you and I have talked about these things before when the, when the back in 04, when they, when they began the, the, the the chase format, everybody wants to poo poo it. I believe you and I back then even said, Hey, 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 I may like it or dislike it, but let's see how it plays out. We've always been that way. They did the playoff format timeout. Let's see how it plays out. We always are see how it plays out, guys. There's things I dislike about it. There's things I like about it. But after watching it perform at a quarter-mile short track, let's take the old car on a quarter-mile short track, and let me tell you how big of a, of a cocky show that thing's going to be. A Daytona and now a California two-mile speedway. The drivers have their hands full. I think we've seen that at California. The race at Daytona was as good as any race we've seen at Daytona. It wasn't, it was still Daytona, still a pack, still drafting. You had some hookup. You had some of the old two car tandem that could work for a minute, but it didn't work long enough to make, to break the pack up. You know, I mean, it was a spectacular race and what they did to me, what was amazing is what they did at the Coliseum building the track, being a quarter mile, the whole deal, but how well the car performed. I got to tell you, I dig it. I'm not saying I want to drive it, but I'm saying, I dig it. I like what I'm seeing as a fan sitting on the outside, you know, placing my bets and, and watching these things on TV. And I like it. Why would you not want to drive it? I'm an old dog, man. I, I do not need to have a camera as a rear view mirror. I'm sorry. I, 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 that, that, I, no, once you, now that you've got a camera as a rear view mirror, I'm out. I'm out. I can't even use the one in my car driving down the road. It makes me sick. <laughs> um, you know, these, but I mean, it, it's just watching the cars, and watching how it looks like these guys are, it looks like these guys are having a rough time driving them, which that's what you want. That's what's great about it. Why do you guys like that? Because I would think you would want to have your life as easy as possible, but you guys like slinging it in the corner. You like sliding around. You like up again. What is so appealing to that? Well, look, I think there's some guys that like it easy, right? I mean, there's some guys that just like to sit there and, Hey, I look how well I can drive these things. But you get guys like a, a Kyle Larson who can drive anything, you know, that has, you know, help give him a tricycle. He'll probably go win that thing. You know, Kyle Busch, who knows how to change things. Joey Logano, who's proved that he always goes to the new cars fast. There's some of us that just love racing things. Doesn't matter what it is. 
And, you know, if I, if I'm sitting in a chair and it's really easy to drive and I can sit there and just go and don't have to put any effort into it and don't, what, what fun is that? I mean, it, 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 that's not a lot of fun. That's why I go race Mexico. You don't know what's around every corner. You don't know where the rock has moved. And, and you know, it's, it's epic every race. These races are looking epic. You mentioned racing in Mexico and a lot of our listeners may not know that you are back in the off-road racing business. You talk about, you know, being broke down next to a rock somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Literally you're in the middle of nowhere. How is that treating you? How do you like that? No, that's what, that's what I grew up doing. It's what my dad grew up doing. We've been racing in Mexico since the sixties. My father has, um, I've been running it since I was a teenager. It's it's, I couldn't wait to retire because when I, the day I retired, I knew I could go back and drive in the desert full-time. Um, Hey, full-time baggy four races, <laughs> four races. That's, that's my full-time race. I, I am a full-time score desert racer, all four races. Um, that's my type of schedule right there. And, but it's, it's just, it's so epic. And this car has some of that feel where look in the desert, like you said, we are literally at times in the middle of nowhere and you break down, you better learn how to fix that thing. I may not be a great mechanic, but my Spanish gets better. The more I get stuck and the later it gets. And I am, I, I am MacGyver when it comes to getting myself out. I have held together a carburetor with bubble gum and rocks. And I'm not lying. I've held together a kingpin with barbed wire from a Mexican fence. You know what I mean? You learn how to get things done. And that's the fun part. This new car, Kevin Harvick went out, was on the first lap and went out of turn four and spun it on his own. Kevin Harvick's a phenomenal race car driver. To me, this car has that epic feel watching these guys like, holy cow, they got to work hard at this thing. And that's what, as a fan, we want to see. I don't want to see it when they're driving Cadillacs and, you know, all chilled out, just like, hey, look, have a cup of coffee and a cigarette while they're going around. No, no, I want this to be tough. Let's shift gears here. Let's talk some truck series racing. Trucks will be on MRN Friday night. Love the trucks at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. There is one driver in particular back in the race trying to achieve a career milestone, and that would be Todd Bodine. He's going to be a teammate to Stuart Friesen, and he's also going to be driving that you uh, number that you used to drive, and that was the 62. First, what are your thoughts on Todd coming back? Well, look, I, Todd and I have a, a friendship that goes back decades, right? I, I love the onion. We've been friends a long time. I, 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 I'm going to be honest here. I kind of barked at him. The, one of the reasons I retired, Baggy, was the last couple races for me, my body and my mind weren't in sync. You know, look, I was always famous for being there at the end of those super speedway races, right? Well, the last couple of races, my body was saying, okay, time to go. And my brain said, screw you. You know, I, and, and I started to have that internal struggle of, I, oh man, I don't know if I want to get there. And that was when in my head, I said, that's when you get hurt. Time to go. This is when you get hurt. When you're thinking about other things. And when I, I did tell Todd, I said, look, shooting for a milestone just be careful, buddy. Don't, you know, if, if you're doing this just for a number, I, I worry about him because you, that, that's when that, you know, mistakes happen. And, and now Todd says he's not doing it just for the number. I mean, of course he's in for it, but he's in to try to run well and win these things. And Stuart Friesen's equipment is pretty darn good. So hopefully he can do well with it. Uh, but the only problem I have with the car is, is I love Stuart, but the font is wrong. He's got to change that font, baby. We got to get the real 62. If, if, if anybody's going to run the 62, I love that it's Todd. We got to get the right font on there though. That, that, that number's the wrong. We got to, we got to work on that. Stuart, let's go. Why the 62 when you raced, how did you land on that? 
Uh, so it, it was uh, kind of funny. Um, of course, when I won the Winston West Championships, Baggy, I was number 16. Napa 16. Me and Bill McAnally, 16 was the famous Napa number. When I was going to go truck racing, Napa did not want me to be 16. Because, of course, the, the great Ron Hornaday of, of the Napa lore in the truck series was Napa 16 Ron Hornaday. They didn't want me to have 16, which I can understand that completely. So I wanted to run my college basketball number was 13. So first I kind of wanted 13 because that was my college basketball number. And, and at the time somebody had 13 and then my racing number for Walker Evans, all those years for 20, but Coy Gibbs had 20. We were talking about things and it was really funny. One day we're sitting there, we've got twenties in the shop and 16s and laying on the floor next to each other is the 62. And we go, Hey, we got numbers right here. Um, but my father's lucky number, my dad, look, my dad is also one, he's in number guy, right? His lucky number is eight. And so six and two is eight. But for me, what really meant something more was the six and two is eight for my dad. Um, but my brother, John, who's my brothers, are my heroes in life, right? I'm, I have two big brothers that are 10 and eight years older than me. And they, they were growing up. They're my heroes. And my brother, John's football number was 62. And I always, always idolized my brother. He was, a, he was an all state football player and, you know, he was my big brother. And so he was 62 and I, the, on the floor was a six and a two. And when I saw it, I went, Hey, that's, that's my big bro's football number. I, I like that. And so we picked 62 and it became kind of iconic for us. Nobody. And also look, everybody running a 43, you're going to be petty, right? Running the three. Austin's doing a great job of, of making his own name, but he's still going to get comparisons to, to senior. You know, you're going to run a 48. You're going to get Jimmy Johnson, a 24. You're going to get Jeff Gordon. Name me another 62. So we kind of got to blaze our own path with it. And, and it's, you're talking about it now. You're asking about it because the 62 is kind of synonymous with me. So it worked out well. By the way, the milestone Todd Bodine's going for, he right now has 241 cup starts. He's got 333 Xfinity starts, 220 cup starts. He has six starts left to get to 800. He's going to run a six-race slate with Stuart Friesen and Halmar Racing to get to number eight. That's a lot of racing, man. 800 starts. Could you imagine doing 800 starts? That's a lot of years right there, Tony. <laughs> that's a lot of years, Tony. Uh, he is, you know, that, that's a, when you look at the Bodine family, I mean, come on, look at the legacy these guys have. And Todd with the championships and all that really made a great name for himself in that truck series. Um, that, that's amazing. I mean, I, what's funny is I never really looked at, Somebody asked me this the other day when I got nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame about wins and this and that. And I go, you know, it's funny. All these kids talk about how many wins they got and how many this and that. I go, I got no clue. I never, I, I didn't have the dad that was out there keeping track of every win. And I had the dad that when you won, he's the guy that walked up and said, yeah, well, you screwed that up right there. You know, I mean, could have done that better. You know, so I never kept track of the wins and NASCAR wins. I know because they're so easy to keep those stats, but but Todd, 800 starts, that is amazing. I think, what was it I hit? I think I hit 300 or something. Mm -hmm. I think I'm like 300 something. So, I mean, that, that's, you, you think about it. I was there 23 years in NASCAR, and I got 300. Todd's got 800. I mean, he, he just, the family itself is, is such, a, such an amazing legacy of what the Bodines have done. Final thing, and you just teased it. West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. What would it mean to get in there? Because you, if you get in there, you're in there with some legends. Well, look, it's first ballot for me. So, I mean, I, I'm honored that I, I got put on the ballot on a first ballot. You know, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a privilege just in itself. Uh, I know my career wasn't NASCAR Hall of Fame worthy. I get that. I'm never going to 
you know, be all that stuff. They, they, I had my stuff in there the last couple of years, you know, in that case they have for memory makers, which was an honor, um, on the West coast to be recognized for it is, is absolutely phenomenal. If I make it, if I make it first ballot, I, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, there's some amazing, amazing people out there, but, uh, it, it just, you know, it feels good. I mean, like I said, I wasn't the kid that, that kept track of those wins and was thinking I'm going to, you know, I had the dad that when you won a race came out and said, well, could have done that better, you know, focus on this more, you, you know, it, it just, it never was. I never thought when you start racing baggy, I'm not, you're not racing going, I want to be in the hall of fame. I want to win races. That's all I wanted to do. I want to go out there. I wanted to win races. But don't you want to be remembered after you do it? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of us do. But if you go in there thinking from the start, I'm going to be that guy. Nobody goes in. Jimmy didn't go in there thinking he was going to be a seven-time champion. I go out there saying, I'm going to win races. I'm going to kick butt. And I want to win championships. And if that happens, you'll get in those sorts of places. And on the West Coast, I accomplished those things. And, and you look back and, and the, the stories, the anecdotes of those those years for me were absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I mean, there, there's hell. I mean, I think I'm on the ballot with like Biffle um, as one of the guys on the ballot. I mean, you know, there's, there's some great names on this West coast deal. I'd be, but, but once again, I come from a family, you know, what my dad told me when I told him I was you know nominated in my first try, he goes, he said, I'm already in that hall of fame. I'm like, thanks pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Is it baggy is exact words. Hey dad, I, I made the first ballot. My, I'm, I'm first year eligible. I'm a first ballot, you know, nominee. And he goes, I'm already in that one. <laughs> love you too. Your dad's awesome. We love you as well. First of all, we're pulling for you to get in there. Number two, have a great week. You're always so accommodating. You're, you're a great host. We can't wait to come to Las Vegas, see you and everybody else. And uh, you are welcome on NASCAR live wide open anytime, my friend. Well, anytime you want me, I got it. And anytime you're taking a vacation, you know, you know, I'll fill in for your PD. I love my morning drive. It's always good to hear from Uncle Brenny. And by the way, if you're in Las Vegas, check him out at the South Point. They know how to treat you when you walk through the door. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Let's shift gears here. Let's talk about some gaming options this weekend for the Pennzoil 400 race weekend at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's brought to you by Barstool. Take a pit stop and download the Barstool Sportsbook app today. Register with promo code MARCH22. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. This is where we bring in producer Trey to help with this exercise. Trey, what do you have for us this week? We've got some good stuff for you this weekend. It's going to be on center stage with the Cup Series heading to Las Vegas out there. And it is no surprise that last week's winner, the defending champion, the defending winner of this race, the Pennzoil 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, is the favorite this weekend. It's Kyle Larson. He's plus 450 to win in the Barstool Sportsbook this weekend. And you've got two others that are right there close to him. Chase Elliott, his teammate 
is plus 700, and Joey Logano is plus 800. Those are your three favorites this weekend. And as far as me looking for a favorite, I'm going with Joey Logano. Joey Logano has won at Vegas before. He's shown speed this season. One at the LA Coliseum was up there contending with Larson this past weekend. Joey Logano at plus 800 is my favorite. And you know me, I'm always looking for a long shot too to earn you some extra units. I was thinking about Eric Jones like you were talking about at the beginning of the show, Mike, but the sports books are already getting smart to Eric Jones's early season success. He's plus 2,000. He's got better odds this weekend than Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, the Daytona 500 champion, Austin Sendrick, and others. So Vegas is expecting big things from Eric Jones this season, but another guy who doesn't have as good odds that was running close to the front before he spun out late in the race last week is Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain at plus 8,000. That's someone right there with Tyler Reddick, as I think is the guys who are going to contend to get their first victory this year. Ross Chastain at plus 8,000 is my long shot for this weekend. And then another cool thing, Mike, that the Barstool Sportsbook app does is you can bet on head-to-head matchups between drivers, and that's kind of cool. We're heading to the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, and if you listen to NASCAR Live on Tuesday this week, we did a feature on some of the head-to-head driver matchups this weekend, and one that we did is one that you can bet on in the Barstool Sportsbook app. That's Chase Elliott versus Kyle Larson. They are the two favorites in this race, but Larson is minus 143 to beat Chase Elliott to finish higher than the nine car this weekend, Elliott plus 110. So if you think Chase is going to beat Kyle this weekend, maybe get a little revenge for what happened late in the race last weekend, put some money on Chase, but uh, Kyle is definitely the favorite in this matchup this weekend, and if you look at their stats, Kyle should be the favorite. Well, let me let me offer some context into the Chase Elliott Las Vegas situation. I understand it's a good head-to-head matchup. I would go with Larson because even though Chase finished second last fall at Las Vegas, got three stage wins. He's got five finishes or of 22nd or worse in the last 19 starts out there. So I would be, I'd be very careful maybe about going down the Chase Elliott route. I would go Kyle Larson. Now I want to throw a sleeper into this mix as well. Ryan Blaney. He's got two fifth place finishes there last year. It's his 12th Las Vegas start nine finishes or seventh or better. Ryan Blaney always runs Vegas pretty well. I think that he's uh, up for some consideration. And how can you look past Denny Hamlin? One last fall, three straight top fives. Be sure to check it out. Wager those units. Do it responsibly. And then we'll see how it all works out in the end. Motor Racing Network is going to be in Las Vegas, but we'll be there for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race. We'll be there 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Friday night. And on Saturday and Sunday, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will take over with NASCAR Xfinity Series and NASCAR Cup Series coverage. There will be no NASCAR Live race day this week. We'll be back on the air for NASCAR Live Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll drop another episode of Wide Open right here again on Thursday. And then NASCAR Live race day back on the air one week from Sunday, March 11th from Phoenix Raceway for the Ruhoff Mortgage 500 Motor Racing Network airtime, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Hope you've had a blast today. We have... We'll look forward to chat with you again next week for producer Trey and the rest of the MRN crew. I'm Mike Bagley. We'll chat again right here one week from today on Thursday, but NASCAR live Tuesday night, 7 PM Eastern time is where you need to be as well until we speak again, my friends. So long, everybody. NASCAR live wide open is brought to you by Toyota for the latest Toyota racing information. Visit toyotaracing.com.
Atlanta house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 